When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people. Today's podcast is number 352. And I believe I'm going to call it more advice than just take a deep breath when you're overwhelmed. Does that make any sense? I hope it does. Uh, I am answering some questions that have been asked at askdanakwhite.com, which is my little URL that I'm super proud of. Anyway, <laughs> if you go to askdanakwhite.com, you can uh, fill out the form to be um, to ask questions that I might answer in future podcasts or over on YouTube lives that I try to do on Tuesdays at noon, but they're recorded. And they're really just me talking. So it's kind of like another podcast if you want to listen to that. Anyway, um, but I was looking through, I'm a little overwhelmed right now working on my certification that y'all know is coming up. If you want to make sure that you know when that launches, go to aslobcomesclean.com slash certification, and that will give you a newsletter to sign up for specifically to be notified about that. But as I'm working on that, my brain is completely consumed. And so it helps me to have questions that give me something to talk about. <laughs> Does that sound bad? Anyway, um, but I was I was reading through them. Um, the ones that I kind of picked to go together just were a lot of different situations where people feel anxious about their clutter. So I'm not talking about I'm not giving any kind of mental health advice. I'm not talking about curing anxiety or anything like that. But I am talking about that feeling that you get over this either overwhelming mess or overwhelming situation. Okay, like a situation where you feel like I don't know what to do in this situation. This is tough. This is too much. This is hard for me to figure out. Okay, so as I was reading through those, I was like, yeah, I mean, the first step does feel like take a deep breath because, because, you know, in these situations, it's like, but this is, and then this is the, this is the situation. Yes, you need to take a deep breath, but what are the steps from then on? And I think these things apply a lot of times, but it's like, okay, let's break it down. Let's focus on what in this situation that is not perfect and there's no way for me to give you some sort of an easy, oh, just do this and it's all fixed. Like that's, that's the reality. The situations that don't have easy answers are the ones that make you feel this way. So how do you look at these situations, which then I'm assuming, or I'm hoping you listening will be able to then say, okay, how can I take these steps and apply them to my own situation that feels overwhelming? Okay. And the basics are, yes, you take a deep breath, but the purpose of the deep breath is to kind of step back, right? It's to take me out of the actual in the moment and say, let me look at this situation. Let me look at this situation as a whole. 
And when I look at it as a whole, I say, okay, what part of this situation can I tackle on its own? So it's not, yes, overall, it's overwhelming. But if I'm ever going to do anything, I have to do one teeny tiny small thing to get started. So what is the first teeny tiny small thing that I can start with, that I can address, that I can tackle? What can I do? You know, I've talked a lot about that lately because that's been very helpful for me. For those of you who weren't listening when I talked about it, I mean, it's been it's been a year. I actually know it's a year because we talked about it when I was at a speaking event and had several people who showed up at the speaking event and we all went out to dinner. Um, but we were talking about this because it, it's this idea of what can I do? The where I got this was, um, which it's an ad coming up later, <laughs> my better help uh, therapist, but she, we had talked about my sleeping issues. I was like, I have such a hard time going back to sleep after I wake up. And she said, she said, first of all, you know, she gave me advice on, you know, don't, don't ever get on your bed unless it's time for sleep and blah, 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 and yada, yada. But the thing that really transformed the situation for me was when she said, when you wake up, say to yourself, I can go back to sleep. Y'all, it's not magic, but it's almost like magic. Like, I mean, even last night, I've got a lot on my mind with the certification launching and all that. And it is very easy for my brain to start thinking of things because boy, do I think of things in the middle of the night, right? Oh my goodness, I got to do this. Oh, I haven't thought about this. I got to do this. But she said, I had always had like, I've got to have something in my brain that I repeat to myself to try to keep from thinking about these other things. But her point was the thing to repeat to yourself is I can go back to sleep. I don't know exactly why it works, except that it's a positive thought where the thoughts that I would run through my brain were not positive thoughts. They weren't negative thoughts, but it was like the the things that, that would run through my brain were, don't do this. Oh no. Oh no. I'm going to, oh no, I can't, I can't be up for the rest of the night. I can't wake up now. I can't not get these sleep, get the sleep that I'm going to need. You know, it's three in the morning and I've got to be able to sleep until six and this is going to be awful. And you know, stuff like that, like Dana, don't let yourself, don't let yourself think, don't let yourself think about other stuff. That was how my brain used to go. Well, (laughs) that wasn't helpful, but saying I can go back to sleep. I can go back to sleep. Yes, I woke up, but I can go back to sleep. I don't know why it is that that is so effective, but just last night, probably four or five different times, I woke up in the middle of the night and I would repeat to myself, I can go back to sleep. I can go back to sleep. I can go back to sleep. And somehow focusing on what I can do as opposed to the overwhelmingness of everything, it works. I, I mean, like anyway, so it's not magic, but sometimes feels that way because it's like, wow, this actually works when the other stuff never worked. So my point with this situation is when we are talking about overwhelming situations, focusing on how overwhelming they are doesn't help. We're not saying they aren't overwhelming. We're not saying these are not legitimate problems that do make it feel impossible and legitimately make it much more difficult than you wish it was or than other people have it or whatever. But instead to say, I'm going to focus on what I can do, even if what I can do is something teensy, 
teensy. I'm saying that like those are real words. I don't know if they are or not. Teensy tiny. Teeny tiny. Teensy tiny is like an extra degree of teeny tiny. Like, so there's teeny tiny and then there's teensy tiny. Y'all learn so much listening to this podcast. Welcome. If you're new here, sorry about that. Anyway, so we're going to focus on what we can do. What can I do in this overwhelming situation? So just even saying that to myself helps me go, okay, I can't look at the whole thing anymore. I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to say, what small step can I take? What small mindset change can I make? What small request can I make? How can I, you know, because here's the thing too, you know, like some of these are going to be dealing with other people. And sometimes when we're dealing with other people and the situation is overwhelming and the person is part of the problem, I was going to say difficult, but part of the problem, you know, maybe this, either the relationship is part of the problem or their own issues or whatever. And so approaching it as a whole big problem, well, it's overwhelming to you. It's overwhelming to them. And then it's overwhelming to everybody and nothing ever gets done. Okay. But instead to say, okay, let me, before I even ever go and approach them about this, let me look at what is one teeny tiny small way that I can look at just a tiny part of this and have a, yes, I can do that. Even if it's just, this identifies the actual question that I can ask someone. My new digital picture frame from Aura is honestly my new favorite thing. It is a beautiful frame that displays a new photo every 10 minutes. Y'all, I'm delighted every time I walk by my beautiful Aura frame. One frame, lots and lots of photos that I can enjoy. That is a great solution for what can be a clutter problem, right? So how does one frame show so many photos? Well, I preload photos onto the frame using a super simple app that Aura has. I have also shared the app with my kids so they can add photos to my frame anytime from wherever they are. Now that my kids are all traveling and moving to different cities, this is like a mama dream come true. So we are also loading up a frame with pictures for my mom for Mother's Day. It only took me two minutes to get started using my Aura app. You can upload an unlimited number of photos, invite others to share photos directly to your frame with no fees or memberships. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CLEAN at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days, to say the least. Having a focused plan for meals is the very best way that I have found to stay on budget. And that is why I love Prep Dish. Every week I receive an email from Prep Dish with a meal plan and grocery list already made for me and step-by-step instructions for the one hour prep session that sets me up for mealtime success all week long. And yes, I said one hour prep for a week's worth of dinners. That means I'm saving time as well as money. Choose from four meal plans to fit your eating style. Gluten-free, paleo, low carb, and super fast. I really, really like Prep Dish's super fast menus. So I don't have to turn to takeout or processed convenience foods to feed my family fast. It's a game changer for working moms. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. Check out prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Projects, so many 
projects, taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a better help therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. This one uh, starts with, it says two questions. I'll just read it first. Okay. I get anxiety about the environment, so I can't throw anything out. And if there is any sense of value, I feel I have to sell it to recoup the costs. How do you balance environmentalism and decluttering? Number two, I don't want to be a fuddy-duddy. I love that word. Anyway, okay, again, this is her question. I don't want to be a fuddy-duddy, but how do you celebrate holidays when there is so much waste associated with them? Broken Easter baskets and plastic grass, holiday decorations that people make you during their DIY phase. Just that part of it made me laugh. Anyway, (laughs) Halloween costumes that you wear, etc. Do you store this stuff year round? Do you not participate? Help me. Okay. So, She mentioned anxiety. I didn't. Again, I am not a mental health professional and I am not here to actually give you any advice on anxiety itself. All right. But I can talk about this issue of anxiety over the environment and that causing this sense of overwhelm at the thought of decluttering or actually going through decluttering, that being the thing that stops you from being able to make progress. Okay. From being able to do the things, how basically the question is, how do you balance environmentalism and decluttering? Here's the very short version. Okay. Here's the absolutely shortest version of this is that you are overwhelmed right now. You said you need to declutter. You are following a lady on the internet who refers to herself as a slob. (laughs) And I'm sorry, you know, I don't mean to be like, I'm not saying that that's anything on you. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm just saying like, let's all be honest here. You are reaching out to a random woman on the internet asking about this. So what that tells me is this is, you're overwhelmed, not just by the environmentalism part of it, you're overwhelmed by the stuff in your house too. Okay. So we have to do something first. You feeling overwhelmed is keeping you from doing anything. That is not an option to you because you are ready enough to do something that you're asking a lady on the internet. That's what I'm trying to say here. Okay. If that makes any sense. So because we know that you're overwhelmed, we have to do something to break through that overwhelm. So you have a couple of options here. One option is to spend a Saturday or whatever time that you have to work on decluttering, going and and taking things to be recycled. 
gathering up the things that it is that you don't feel comfortable throwing away, finding out what your options are for doing the very best things with those and spending your time that you have taking those things to this place that would allow you to get rid of it. Okay. Because the thing that is not an option, although it is an option, you can just keep living overwhelmed in your house, but you don't want to do that. You've stated that you don't want to do that by reaching out to me. Okay. So if that is not an option, then what are our options here? Okay. The options are for you to take the time to do the work, to get this done, to get this stuff out of the house. Now, my guess is that you don't have an easily accessible option for this, right? Like that, that, that it's not an easily accessed option for you. You know, I personally live in an area with no recycling. We have, the city has one place where you can take a few things, but we don't have any. I mean, like we don't have the pickup. You know, some people are like, I can't believe that you're not putting that in your recycling bin. I'm like, well, we don't have recycling bins. And that's why, you know, so um, it, yes, it irritates me. Yes, I wish it wasn't that way. But it is what it is, right? Okay, so it, so the option for you is to find out, is that a five-hour drive? Okay. I, I mean, like, maybe you need to take a five-hour drive because the option that isn't an option is for this stuff to stay in your house. But if it's a five-hour drive, then you might have to do some math and say, okay, well, I'm going to use this much gas to only be able to get a get you know, a third of it out of my house, because this is the reality of the size of my vehicle, I could only get this much out. And then you say, okay, well, there's no great, perfect world here. We don't live in a perfect world. Like we don't live in an ideal world. So if the wish for an ideal world is making us live in a house that we can't stand and is causing you anxiety, then, you know, we're going to have to choose the not doing the very best thing here. So I'm saying like, so, so it might be an option if you have a huge truck and the recycling place is 10 minutes away and you could get all of your recycling loaded up and go and drop it off and do that, then, then that's a worthy use of your time. But I think that's partly what it is. It's like, oh, I wish I lived somewhere where they came and picked this up. We can all wish that and you could move. That's an option too. But if your reality is that that isn't the case, then you're going to have to spend some time making this happen, going and doing this. But it can feel like I shouldn't have to do this. They should have something that picks it up. But if they don't, they don't. You see what I'm saying? So it's like going, what can I do in this situation? I can do that. But then many of you listening are like, I'm never going to do that. I would never do that. And very likely the person who asked the question, if they're listening, is also thinking, I would never actually do that. I would never actually spend the time to load up and go do all of this. Okay, then in that case, the thing that you can do in this situation is something that you really hate to do, which is throw this stuff away in the way that is actually possible where you are and where you live and with your bandwidth and with your physical capabilities and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to do the the least best thing here. Okay. The thing I don't want to do, but it is the thing I can do. And because it's the thing I can do, I need to do that 
with the goal of then your house being under control so that you can do a more ideal thing. Like, you know, I'm picturing water bottles. Okay. I was in a situation at one point where I did see a room completely full of water bottles, empty water bottles. Okay. This was the issue. This was the issue right here was I don't want to throw them away because you're not, you really shouldn't do that. I don't want to contribute to the environment decline and blah, blah, blah. And yet nothing was happening. And this house was basically unlivable because it was piled high in empty water bottles. Do you see what I'm saying? So I have, I, what can I do? I can do this unideal thing, which then makes me go, okay, I can live in my house now, which then gives me a little bit more bandwidth to do something like buy a reusable water bottle that I am now going to there's something about having the mental weight lifted off of, oh no, all those water bottles. Oh no, all that plastic that I have to take upon myself uh, that somehow makes it feel like, well, I don't deserve, or I don't have the bandwidth. I've got too much going on in my brain to have the reusable water bottle that I can, you know, wash every single. So there's something about being in the right brain space for washing a reusable water bottle every night. I know that sounds, some people are, there are a lot of people probably even listening who are like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I I mean, it's a real thing that I've got so much weighing on my brain that I just don't have it in me to keep up with this reusable water bottle. Well, getting that physical room full, not that this person has that, but you know, this physical room full of empty water bottles out in the least ideal way, but also the one thing that you actually can do right now, getting that stuff out, then frees up this brain space for me to go, okay, now I can do this. And going forward, my goal is to keep this water bottle washed and clean so that I don't have to buy water bottles anymore. And it's like, that's my way to contribute to environmentalism. That's how the balance of how, you know, the question was, how do you balance environmentalism and decluttering? Well, you get your home under control so that you can do the things that you want to do for environmentalism. But as long as that stuff is sitting in your house, it is making it physically more difficult for you to do these ideal things that you want to do that sometimes take a little bit more time and effort and thinking ahead and all that kind of stuff. But it's physically harder when your house is crammed full of stuff. And then it's emotionally harder too, because that is impacting you emotionally and mentally. And then this added thing of, but, but, but the environment and the idealistic you know, what I wish I could do or how I wish my city functioned or how I wish I functioned, all of that then really weighs down on you being able to have the energy and the emotional energy, you know, physical and emotional energy to do the very best thing. So I'm saying, so what can you do to get you to a point where you can live the the life that you're wanting to live in this situation. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Who knows? All right. Um, you know, I, I have to point out that this question has a lot of different things in it. Okay. When we're talking about the environment, 
you, you, so here's the, was the question again. I get anxiety about the environment. So I can't throw anything out. And if there is any sense of value, I feel I have to sell it to recoup the costs. Part of the reason why this, why you're so overwhelmed is because you're combining completely separate things into one big, you know, like cloud of overwhelm. I'm thinking of, you know, like the cartoon character or something that just has like this scribble above their head, like all the things that are going on in their brain. Part of the reason that you're overwhelmed is because you're putting all these things, well, there's, you know, there's the environmental thing. And then there's also the money thing. And then there's, you know, those are, those are separate things. So let's talk about the money part separately. Okay. So, so environmentally, you do what you can do right now to put yourself into a situation that will give you the physical room and the emotional bandwidth to be able to do the thing that you're wanting to do. But as long as you're feeling completely overwhelmed, either because it's a hard decision and you might have to do something you don't want to do, or also because your house is full of plastic, empty plastic water bottles, then you're not doing anything and it's only getting worse. Okay. So, um, because, because here's the thing too, as long as there is a room filled with empty plastic water bottles, it doesn't feel like it will make any difference to drink out of another plastic water bottle. Okay. But when there are no plastic water bottles, suddenly a single plastic water bottle looks the same. I'm not, y'all, I'm not giving any kind of like preaching thing. I'm just talking about this is what I'm pretty sure is the perspective of the person who's asking the question. Okay. Because I've, I've dealt with this, but, but it's the way, and I hear this from people all the time and you, you're only going to believe it when you actually experience it, you know? So it's hard for me to say, because I'm like, no, 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 trust me, trust me, trust me. I promise. Uh, But it really is true. Like when you get the clutter gone, when a space that has been piled with stuff, if a space has a pile of stuff, the brain without consciously thinking these thoughts, the brain is like, well, what's one more thing? I mean, literally, what is one more thing for me to shove it on the pile? But when that space is clear, then it's like one thing stands out. Oh, one thing messes this space up when it's only one thing. One thing doesn't really do much to make it any worse when it's 57 things already there. You know what I mean? So, so getting it, it's, it's shocking and amazing how getting to that point will then give you the momentum that you're really wanting. You're wanting to do the right thing, which is a great thing, but let's talk about the money part. Okay. This is always my advice on money. All right. As long as it's sitting in your house, irritating you, it is making your life worse, right? So, you know, when people want to sell something like, oh, well, but you know, that's worth money. I'm like, but you don't want it. So you don't actually want it in your house. So what can you do? Well, I can get rid of it by donating it. Or, or giving it away or whatever, I can do that. That is something I can do. It's not ideal. Okay. But it gets it out of the house, which then achieves the 
thing that I'm wanting of it not being in my house. Okay. Cause when somebody's talking about, Oh, but I feel like I got to recoup the cost. You don't want it in your house. Like that's a given in this scenario. Right. But if you can't, if you, if you're just like, Oh, but it's worth money, it's worth money. Oh, okay. Then sell it. Like this is something I have to say to myself all the time too. So please don't take this as this is not like Dr. Phil style here. Anyway, I'm just saying like, I get that. And, and and that feeling of, oh, but it's, but it's worth money. Oh, you know, I can't get rid of that. It's worth money. And I'm like, wait a minute, I can sell it. <laughs> you know, whether that is putting it on Facebook marketplace and seeing what happens. You know, the thing that I have found in working with people, even when, um, even with some of my relatives, you know, like my nieces and stuff, as we were cleaning out my mother-in-law's house. As we did that, you know, she would, one of my nieces would look up the value of, you know, these China sets that were, had been in, um, in the back closet in a box, never even opened, you know, since she, my mother-in-law got them at a garage sale or whatever. And so she would look up the value of it. And I'm like, and so then there would be all this talk about, you know, oh, those things are actually worth this, this, and this. And I'm like, they are, but they're not like, you know, like we have to get rid of it because otherwise they're just sitting here. And so it's like, let's, let's do it. Let's rip off the bandaid. You know, my mother-in-law was around for me to sell a, like a huge, I mean, we're talking 12 place settings with every single variation of pieces that you could have that her neighbor who was from Germany and had brought these over from Germany with her at some point and told my mother-in-law that they were worth so much money and gave her an amazing deal on it. My mother-in-law literally never used fancy China, like literally never used it. Anyway, so they said sat in a box. They might've been in the China cabinet at one point. Anyway, she just had talked and talked and talked and talked and talked for years about how valuable these things were. Well, it was like, okay, then it's time. And I, I put them on Facebook marketplace for what she thought they were worth. And nobody wanted them for that price, but that was part of the process that we had to go through, right? Like that was part of what could we do? You know, having this conversation of me telling her, I really, but when I look on eBay, this is what they actually sell for, or these are the ones that didn't sell. Like that it was something I could do. I could show her these things. But in this conversation that we were having, she was really convinced that these were worth a lot of money. So I said, okay, let's do it. Let's, let's put this on there. And so we went ahead and what could I do? I could list it on Facebook marketplace because she didn't want to deal with shipping. So I, I could do that. That was something I, you know, looked, looked at the situation and said, this is something I can do. Put it on for the price that she asked for. Did I think it would sell for that price? No. Did it sell for that price? No, but it was something I, I could do. I could put it on there and list it. It was a little embarrassing because it was under my account, which made me seem delusional, but you know what I mean? So I asked for that amount and then it didn't work. And then over time she was like, Oh, so nobody's, nobody's wanted that. Nobody's wanted that. 
okay. And eventually she was willing to bring the price down and we did sell it. And we, I think she got a hundred dollars for it, which I was really kind of surprised that somebody wanted that, you know, but I was excited for her and she was great with it by the time she got there. But it's like, it's not always this quick fix. Sometimes people want me to say one or two words that are gonna make them go, oh, okay, I get it now. Now everything's better. It may be a long process and it may be a long process of, okay, what can I do today that then will change my perspective a little bit that will mean that tomorrow I, there will be something I can do tomorrow because my perspective has changed that I wasn't able to do today. It wasn't a can do thing today because I had to get to that point. So I'm saying, so what can you do today for this? All right. Um, I didn't mean for this whole podcast to be one question, but we'll see. I think I'll get to more. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The second part of this, uh, I don't want to be a fuddy-duddy, but how do you celebrate holidays when there is so much waste associated with them? Broken Easter baskets and plastic grass, holiday decorations that make people, that people make you during their DIY phase that made me laugh, uh, Halloween costumes that you wear, etc. Do you store this stuff year-round? Do you not participate? Help me. Okay, so I, I think, again, this is a looking at the excess of the general world population on these holidays, you know, or whatever, like there can, you can absolutely feel frustrated about that, but it's not the only answer to just be a fuddy-duddy. I mean, you know, like you said, I don't want to be a fuddy-duddy. So it, it feels like you feel like either celebrate these days or be a fuddy-duddy are the only options. Okay, so that's the oh, looking at the overall problem of if I don't want to be a fuddy-duddy, then I have to live in this environment and culture of excess and do things that I, you know, don't feel comfortable with and feel wrong about whatever, or just be a humbug, you know, Th- those are not the only two options. So let's take a breath, step back and go, okay, here's the situation. What can I do? Well, I can celebrate Easter and just say no plastic grass. I mean, I quit using plastic grass a really long time ago because it's horrifying and it gets everywhere and you find it months later. I mean, I think I wrote posts about that probably a decade ago, you know, but it was not a fuddy-duddy decision. Like it, it didn't in any way affect us doing Easter. You know, I mean, like that wasn't that wasn't a thing. And you know, 
Easter baskets. We'll use something else. I mean, now my kids just get stuff. I won't go into, I was going to say some stuff that but there might be kids listening. Anyway, now my kids just get stuff. You know, you don't have to use a basket. You could use a bag. You could use, you know, whatever. It could just be stuff sitting on the floor. It is possible to have less because, because here's the thing. Y'all know that one of my big mindset changes that I teach and preach, and I'm so passionate about that changed my home and it has changed so many other people's homes is to focus on less. Okay. It's one of the reasons why I avoid the word minimalism, even though I probably could qualify as minimalist in certain areas, not overall, not at all overall, but like in certain areas, I could probably qualify as a minimalist in certain things. But I avoid that word because people like me who tend toward the all or nothing, this is part of what makes us feel overwhelmed is we're like, well, I don't want to participate in the, I don't want to be part of the, you know, excess of the holidays, but I also don't want to, you know, be a fuddy-duddy who doesn't do that. Well, there's a, there's so many levels of in-between. And so like focus on the less, Okay take away the stuff that makes you uncomfortable and say, how can I celebrate this holiday in a way that doesn't, you know, go against these beliefs or frustrations that I have? You know, what, what is it holiday decorations that people make you during their DIY phase? (laughs) I'm still laughing about that. Um, You don't have to keep everything. You don't, you can pare down. This is where the beauty of the container concept comes in. So when it comes to holiday decorations, having holiday, you know, it it ultimately comes down to what space do you have to store things that are not used on an everyday basis? Is that a cabinet? Is it a tub? You have room for one tub in your garage. Do you have an entire storage building on your property? Do you have a whole attic? I mean, like, I don't care whatever it is that you have. And then let that space be the limit for you because you feel, oh, this excess. Well, just limit it down and say, I am going to only do the Christmas decorations that I can store in this amount of space. Okay. Like this is, this is what I'm choosing. Sometimes people will say, well, but I have the space, but I don't want that. You don't have to keep anything. So it's not like you have to keep what your space will store, but you can decide, say this, this shelf right here, this is what I'm going to have as my Christmas decor. Anything else? No, you know, I'm, I'm going to let this container decide. And then that lets you go. I don't have room for these other things. I do want to celebrate this. And so I am going to choose my very favorite things that are reusable, that are meaningful to me, that fit with who I am and who I want to be. But I'm going to say, that's all I can have. All I can have is what fits in this one tub. All I can have is what fits in this one cabinet. Like, it's not me. I don't have to make these really hard decisions. I can, what can I do? I can designate a very specific space and I can let that space be the bad guy right? Okay. What do, do I store this stuff year round? Uh, do I not participate? You know, I I think there was a time where 
I did store Halloween costumes year round, you know, like, but as it is, I'm like, no, I, I just kind of view things as, as water. Like it's always best if water is flowing, you know, and stagnant water is where things grow gross and all that. Please don't environmental science me, uh, explain me, whatever. I, I don't know, but I'm just like picturing, you know, you want to, if you're going to drink, if you're out in the wild and you're dying of thirst, what do you want? You want a flowing stream, right? Still use whatever your iodine tablets, whatever you're supposed to do, but stagnant water is not good. Flowing water stays cleaner, you know? So I, I try to view the stuff in my house, even for stuff like this, even that could be used again the next year. I mean, obviously I do have Christmas decorations that I keep year after year, but I'm like, I try to look at the flow of things. My house is going to be cleaner if I let things come in and go out, come in and go out and just trust that next year, a new Halloween costume will somehow appear to me because they do. And people are always giving that kind of stuff away, right? Or at garage sales or anything like that. That stuff, I will have what I need. And if I don't, I'll, you know, I'll just get to be creative and, wear my gardening overalls and something and that'll be a costume. I can just make a costume out of what I got. Right. You know, I mean like it'll give me an opportunity to be, so it's, it's like I can let it go because I'm going to trust that what I need is going to come through my path or I'll just be able to, you know, have an opportunity to be creative. I don't know if that makes any sense. Okay. All right. Let's go to the next question. So the, so the issue is what can you do? That's, that's the point here today. What can you do in this situations? You can just go less on your, on your holiday stuff. It is not an either, or it is an option to just focus on doing a little better, having less. What can you do? I can go take all this stuff to the recycling plant five hours away. I can do that. But if you won't do that, then you need to pick something else that you can do, which is to throw it away and then open up, you know, the bandwidth in your life to be able to do better from here forward. Okay. Because that's always the goal with environmental stuff is to get your house under control so that you can do more idealistic things. Okay. Oh, I didn't want to talk about this one, but I think I'm going to, um, again, I am not a marriage and family therapist in any way. I do not know the whole situation here. So I'm just going to say from the beginning, this is the perspective that I'm going to go into this from. This is the assumption. I'm going to assume that this is a loving marriage relationship. Okay. And the reason I say that is if you have this exact situation and it's not a loving marriage relationship, my advice might not be applicable. Okay. But I'm going to assume the best about this situation. All right. My clutter threshold is extremely low. I had, I already decluttered going over everything several times, all of my stuff, all of neutral stuff and all of our kids stuff. My husband gave me a hard time through the, through the process, not wanting me to let go even of my own stuff, like my clothes. He fears I'll want to rebuy things, even though I never gave him any reason to think that I came to our marriage with one suitcase. And so I had to, since I had to move across continents. So most of our stuff is what he had and what his mother gave us. I only bought essentials, which I actually needed. For example, I bought a knife and a cutting board when I tried to make dinner and realized I don't have those. My question is, how do I make my husband declutter when I already did go by example 
and he has a whole room, not counting the den, balcony, car, and stuff at his mother's place full of his stuff. We are now expecting another baby, and I desperately need the room empty, so we have a space for the baby. Our older kids, toddlers, share a bedroom with us. I agree that I can't force him, but seriously, I have nothing else I could possibly spare, and we have no space for a crib. Okay, so again, we're going to assume the best, all right? So if I'm wrong, then you'll need to come up with that. You know what I'm saying? Like I, that's all I have to go on is what I just read you. So that's why I'm just going to assume the best. And that's just the perspective I'm coming from. Here's the, uh, the best that I'm assuming. The best that I'm assuming is that your husband loves you and your husband loves your children. Right. And also that he has some legitimate clutter issues that I am not a mental health professional and I can't diagnose. Right. And I also don't know the whole situation here, but you first of all, you've done great. You have really, really tried, okay? That you have literally, you know, going on what I'm reading here, you have decluttered all of your stuff, all of neutral stuff and all of the kids stuff down to what you absolutely have to have. So we're going to assume that he is a loving person who just has some legitimate, you know, clutter attachment issues. So let's not focus on the clutter. Let's focus on the space. All right. So you need a space for a crib or potentially, I'm guessing, a, you know, a space for the older kids so that the crib can be in your room or something like that. But you need to clear out a room and you've got a situation where leading by example hasn't worked. Okay. So, so let's say, okay, this is, you've tried, you've done the things that you could do. You are at a standstill here. So looking at this situation now from this perspective, what can you do? Well, you can, assuming this is a loving relationship, this is where I always feel so hesitant anyway, but you, you can have the conversation about how there's no room for the crib. Okay. There's no space for that. There's no space for the crib. We need to clear a bedroom for the kids to have as, as a bedroom. Okay. So that, you know, that's something you can do. You can have that conversation, not focusing on why haven't you gotten rid of your stuff? I've done everything I, you know, so taking that out of the equation and just saying we need to have space for the kids. Another thing you can do is start working on clearing out a room for the kids. Okay. What you can do in this situation is box up, you know, get, get some tubs, get some boxes and box up. You know, I'm picturing, here's what I'm picturing in this room. I'm picturing a room that is floor to ceiling stuff. Okay. Which those exist. Some people are like, people live like that. Yeah. A lot of people have a room like that, especially what it sounds like it could be in this situation. So start packing that stuff up as you go, be respectful of the stuff and sort the stuff. Okay. Like sort it so that if it's a ton of tools, well, then there's a box labeled tools. If there's a ton of magazines, there's a box labeled magazines. If there's a ton of this, and as you come across legitimate trash that no one could argue, then put that in a black trash bag. And if you're thinking that he'll have an issue with that, well, don't throw away the black trash bag until he, you know, let him take that out or whatever. Um, so that he knows that things that, you know, but just going through and saying, what can I do? I can walk into this room 
and I can start sorting things into boxes and then I can move those boxes, you know, to an, another unideal space, but it's going to open up the room for our kids because this has to be priority, right? You need a place for your kids to live. So what can I do? I I can do that. Even though I don't feel like I can actually get rid of his stuff, I can box it up. Again, assuming this is a loving relationship, this always makes me nervous. You know what I mean, right? Okay. So you have to take these things, apply them to your situation and what would actually, you know, work. But, but the point is for you to look at what can I do? I can have a conversation. I can rearrange and box things up to make it, you know, to open up the space for us to have this room for this baby to, to be in or these toddlers to be in or whatever. I don't like answering questions like that because I know it is so hard and it feels like an impossible situation. So, you know, it's, it's like, I, I have in my situation, I have made a choice to not box things up and save them for later. I would rather just deal with it as it is, but it sounds like maybe you don't have that option. So it can feel like, well, what am I supposed to do then when Dana says, this is what I should do. And then this is my actual situation. So, okay, well, where's the in-between? What is the thing that you can do? Okay. Next question. When many rooms of the house are full, need significant decluttering and systems put in place. When I take something there now, it is very difficult to get to a spot or even try to make a space for it. Then any alternative techniques I could use or recommendations. I'm currently just setting it in the room and we'll deal with it when it's that's that room's turn to declutter. Okay. So here's, here's the number one thing. Okay. Many of the rooms of the house are full. These are the facts. Many of the rooms of the house are full. They need significant decluttering and systems put in place. So let's focus on, you know, that's a lot. Rooms are full. Things need to clutter. Everything needs decluttering. Systems need to be put in place. Okay. What can you do? You can declutter, which is stuff leaving your house. Okay. So because you have looked, you've already stated rooms are full and they needed significant decluttering. Things are going to have to leave the house. Like if you know the container concept, which is that space does not expand to keep all the things that I wish I could keep. Instead, if I want my space to be under control, I have to acknowledge the reality of the space, the limits of the space. Okay. That is, that's required or I can't, or my house can't be under control. If I have more stuff than can fit in a space usably get toably, then there's no hope of my house being under control. So as you go to these spaces and you you know, I'm currently just setting it in the room and we'll deal with it when it's that room's turn to declutter. Declutter something for every item that you put in that space. Okay. Yes, you are doing the right thing, focusing on the space that you're working on first. You're you're doing correct there. But for every item that you take it there now to this room, no, I can't even get to exactly where it needs to go. And yes, this room is going to have to be decluttered at some point in the future. I am not going to make anything worse. And if I can't even get into the room to put this item there, a lot of stuff is going to have to leave this room, right? Eventually, like when for this room to be under control, a lot of stuff is going to have to leave it. So if I'm bringing an item there, 
What can I do? I can't do that whole room and do this whole room and do that whole, you know, that's, that's, doesn't work, right? Instead, because I am focused on this space here, as I take an item, I can remove something that's going to leave my house completely so that I have made real decluttering progress. Something has left my house completely. I'm going to remove an item to make the space for the item that I am putting in this space. That is what you can do. It is not ideal. It is not what you wish. It is very frustrating sometimes, but you're not making it any worse. You're doing what you can do. So ideally it's going to be trash, something that creates the space, the amount of space that you need for this item that's going in there. It's going to be trash or duh donations, meaning like just an obvious donation, something that can go because your trash bag and your donatable donate box are back at the space where you were decluttering. And those two things are easy, non-emotional and are going to leave your house. Okay. So trash is going to go in the trash bag. That's going to leave the house. The duh donation is going in the donatable donate box. That's going to leave your house and your house is better. So you are looking at the overwhelming overall house. It is a lot, right? Like, I mean, you're overwhelmed. Rooms are too full. Things need to be decluttered. Systems need to be put in place. I can't do all that at once, but what can I do for every single item that I deem needs to stay in my house because I would look for it here first, it's going to have to have a place. If it's going to have to have a place, I got to remove something to give it space for that. Even if this isn't perfect, this is what I can do. And then as you do that stuff, will be leaving the house and the house will be getting better overall. Okay. All right. I'm going to stop there. I did get through three questions. That was good. Um, again, please speak to your own mental health professional for advice for your unique situation. All opinions on this program are for entertainment purposes only, right? Okay. Um, I think that's it. Don't forget if you want to be sure that you know about the launch of my decluttering coach certification program. So it's a training and a certification. So you have to go through the training. If you successfully complete that, then you can be certified, which is a separate fee. So anyway, go to aslobcomesclean.com slash certification and you will be able to sign up for an email list there that will get you notified when it is uh, time for it to launch, which is planning. I'm planning on that being December 1st, but oh my word, that's coming up quickly. All right. I will talk to y'all later. Bye.